I'll never forget when I was in the fifth grade and I couldn't figure out how to divide. I don't know for some of you out there uh, what your strong suit is, but math, I always seemed to struggle up until the fifth grade and division was the worst. I hated to divide, especially long division, uh, because my teacher had a one way that they wanted you to teach it. My dad had another way he was trying to teach me, and I understood one way, but the teacher couldn't grade that way, and it was a mess. And I remember just struggling so bad to figure it out, and I was so down on myself and I would tell myself sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd go in my room and try to study and I'd just be like, I'll never figure this out. I'm sure many of you out there can say that you have had times in your life where you've said, I'll never figure this out. What I didn't know at the time, what I've learned since is that I was creating a pattern of negative thoughts that would then align myself to the attacks of the enemy to keep me feeling lost and stuck. Welcome to the Truth Revealed Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Poindexter, and I am so excited that you are tuning in and listening today. The Truth Revealed podcast is a podcast about the Bible and having real Bible conversations. We air every other Sunday at 8.30 a.m., so please feel free to follow our podcast. Anywhere you find podcasts, we are available. Go on YouTube, search up our YouTube channel, and subscribe to us. We're so excited to grow this community of the truth being revealed in a world full of lies, doubt, and deceit. The biblical truth, the narrative, the gospel, the good news needs to be uh, preached and is to, meant to be known. And that is what my heart is today. And I'm so excited. Before we uh, begin again, um, today we're talking about the miracle is in your mouth. And, you know, I remember when I was praying and I was thinking, God, what do I want to come back what do I want our first topic to be when we come back? And I was looking through, you know, every every time I hear a message or I'm reading a scripture or I'm listening to a worship song, I have these, what I call my preaching thoughts or preacher points. And I write them down because I know that if I don't, I'll forget them. So I remember driving and I remember... Just I can't remember what worship song it was, but I was just belching worship music. And I remember having this distinct thought that my miracle happens when I speak it. My change, my transformation happens when I speak it. And I was thinking about that, and our voice is so powerful. We know that our voice is the breath of God living inside of us. And we know that what the enemy wants us to do is stay silent. But I, and it really took me by storm and it really kind of engulfed my mind for the next couple of weeks. And I remember writing it in my notes going, I don't know when, I don't know where, but you are going to talk about the miracle in your mouth. And when I was praying and saying, God, you know, we're revamping truth revealed. We're coming back brand new kicking it off, what did you want? That What 
what is the message for the beginning of 2024? And I really felt that God kind of just popped this back in my head. And I realized, yeah, because I believe that 2024 can be a year of blessings and miracles. But the point, the matter and the, the precision of it will be if we speak it. See, our mountains move when we tell our mountains to move. You know, I love that Bible verse that says faith as small as a mustard seed could move a mountain. You could ask a mountain to move and it would move if you had that kind of faith. Many times we will get stuck on the faith to move the mountain, but we will not stop and realize the action of the voice behind it. See, sometimes faith is not just saying you believe, but it's speaking your faith. Speaking it out. Negative thought patterns, according to the National Science Foundation, this is a very um, good foundation. I've uh, read many of articles, and one of them that really caught my eye, and I know uh, I've heard several people talk about it over the years, um, especially when I was a school teacher, we talked about this a lot. I mean, that's actually where I found the article. But it says, According to the National Science Foundation, they did an article and it said that we have 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. So every day we're thinking up to 60,000 times. Now check this out. 80% of those thoughts are negative. Whoa. That means out of 60,000, 20% do we say positive things, loving things, truth things. But even worse than that, I believe, is 95% of that 80% are repetitive thoughts. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. It means that according to the National Science Foundation, we will say a negative, we will think a negative thought, and the likelihood that we will think it again and again and again and again. And I think that's so wild. I think that's crazy. You see... We have and we know that there is an enemy named the devil, and he is out there, and we call him the master of lies, right? He is so good at it. Like, he he is the best liar on the planet, okay? And all he does is lie, and, and he tries to trick people, and he lies to humanity, and he wants to trick us into believing something or, or saying something. Or acting in a way that is not of God. Because we know that we are made in the image of God. In the likeness of God. We are Christ in flesh to live out the good news of the gospel. To show freedom and truth to the world. But if the enemy can keep us in a place of acting, believing, and saying stuff that is not of God. Then what are we really accomplishing? You know, the greatest example of the the fact that he lies to us is Eve in the garden. Let's go way back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3. Eve is standing in the garden. God has just created all of humanity and creation. He's created the first marital covenant, which is Adam and Eve. He's created the first biblical honoring relationship. He gives them their list of, you know, things to do, cultivate, populate the earth. You know, give all the animals on the earth 
uh, names, dominion, create dominion over the earth, all of these things. And he says, hey, you can eat from everything here, but you can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? He, we know that. So even Adam, you know, shake their head, say, yeah, yeah, okay, God, we, you know, we know that. The enemy, the adversary comes up and says, did God really say? You see, what I love about that is the enemy doesn't even go outright and try to make Eve believe a lie. He makes Eve doubt what was said. He lies to Eve because he makes her doubt. See, that's why doubt is so huge. And we have a choice whether to believe or to doubt, right? If Eve would have just said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said, none of this sin stuff would have ever happened. But that's not what happened. So he said, did God really say you couldn't eat of that fruit? Eve's like, uh, I mean, I get, well, you know, now that I think about it, I think he said we could, but then he comes in and says, oh, he just doesn't want you to be like him, right? So he eats the fruit, right? We know the fall of man at that very point in time. Many times we can find ourselves in seasons of talking ourselves down because of lies that we believe of the enemy you and I can find ourselves with negative thoughts. I mean, think about it. When you were in school or, you know, taking your driver's test or something, answering a, a, a question or a problem at work, and you get it wrong, you do something wrong, what do you say? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. What do we say? You don't, you don't say, oh, I get it next time. And maybe some of you do. I, I've said that plenty. But more than likely, in a jokingly kind of way, we're going to say, I'm so stupid. Like as a joke, right? I am so stupid. I am so dumb. I cannot believe I messed that up. Or when you lose your keys and you're on your way to church Sunday morning or, uh, or, or you're going to work and you're, you're late for a meeting and you got coffee in your hand, you, you're trying to hold your kids and, and I mean, all this stuff, you got to get the kids out to daycare and now you can't find your keys. What do you do? Scrambling around the house, you're probably thinking and or saying to yourself, I am such an idiot. Where did I put my keys? You see, these I am statements are constantly made. And while the intention of it is probably harmless banter, seemingly jokingly and unknowingly saying it because it's so common, what we do not realize is that we create patterns of negative connotations, of negativity over ourselves. And when we put those thoughts in our head. Remember, we have 60,000 of them a day. So how many times does your brain say, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. You see, these thoughts just pile in our head and they begin to overwhelm our brains with negativity. And what it does is, unknowingly to us, it creates kind of a platform. It creates a stage for the enemy to sneak his way in. So that when we do mess up, 
the enemy can look at us and say, that's right. You will never make it right. You will always mess up. And you begin to say, I will always mess up. I am a failure. I am a loser. I am stupid. I am an addict. All of these I am statements that we make are born of lies from really the person who tells them. See, he uses these similar statements and we agree with them because we have already stated and we have started, we have stated them in our heads and we have started a pattern of placing descriptions of failure on ourselves. But for just a moment, I want to indulge us with another I am statement. See, God is the great I am. If you look in Exodus 3, verses 11 through 14, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is who I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, Petitus says, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, it's a little confusing, right? I am. Okay. Normally, God, I don't know if you know how this works, right? Um, <clears throat> Not to like, you know, question you, but like when you introduce yourself, like say you have to actually say your name. And God's like, I did. You see, because God's nature is vast. God's presence, his his essence is a, a a gamut of descriptions. There's not one thing that he can be. He is everything all at once. He is what you need him to be. And I've learned this many times in my life. And that's where you know, the Bible talks about that he is made perfect in our, his perfect strength is made whole in our weakness, right? We, we, we think on this thought, you see, because we will say the statements, I am, and we'll replace it with negative. But I want us for just a moment to think that's not what God wanted us to do. Because see, if we are to replace our weakness with his strength, then God comes behind us and says, I am enough. I am whole. I am chosen. I am delivered. I am set free. I am loved. I am worthy. I am forgiven. I am free. All of these I am statements. See, God came to change the statements that we made on ourselves. See, the enemy has lied to us for too long. And I know I, I know he's lied to me. You know, I love this scripture. Because it really shows us that God is who he says he is. And there's no description to him. Because he is everything 
all at once. He is what you need him to be. It's a fill-in-your-blank description. It's a fill-in-your-blank answer choice. It's an answer you cannot get wrong. There is no messing up. If you need strength, he's strength. If you need hope, he's hope. If you need deliverance, he's the deliverer. If you need peace, he's the peace giver. If you need a healing, here's the miracle worker. If you need a way, he's the way maker. All of these things are the encompass and who God is. It is very nature. You know, I really loved math class. Fifth grade, you know, all my friends were in there and we'd all joke around. And maybe that's probably why I struggled so bad. But I'll never forget one night, and I couldn't even tell you the day, the day. It's not one of those times where, you know, you're like, I remember the specific moment that this happened. No, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I know it was in the fifth grade. And I'll never forget. I turned in a paper to my teacher. And all of a sudden... She gave me a hundred and I was like, did I seriously just make a hundred on this? Like I guys, I, I was terrible at, at math, anything like addition, great subtraction, great multiplication. And, eh. but like I struggled, but then one day I turned in my, my test and I got a hundred and I was like, what are you serious? I was so excited. I mean, as excited as you can be for a good grade. I don't know if some of you out there might be, you know, you're like a schoolaholic, as some people call them, you know, like hundreds are what you live for. I was not that type of person. Um, so when I got one, I was pretty excited. And especially in math. And I, and I remember going, there's no way this is right. Like you misgraded my paper. And like, I know it says Dylan Dexter on the name, but I, I think somebody erased their name and put my name because they felt pity for me. Like, that's not right. And my teacher said, nope, hard work's pays off. You did a good job. And I was so shocked by that. And I was so proud because it began to give me the confidence that I needed. And from that point, and what I really didn't realize it at the time, and the reason I left this part out, is because I didn't just get a hundred. Now, what happened was my parents set me down and said, okay, son, you're going to figure this out. And every time I got it wrong, they said, that's okay. We're going to try again. And every time I said, I can't, they said, you better say you can. Can't never could. I mean, I'm, I know that's all the cliche that we've heard all of our lives, but really can't never could. So the more I said I can't, the more I enabled myself to not be able to pass the barrier that was blocking my way. But as soon as I said, I can do this, I can do division, I can figure this out, I began to do it. And then I got faster, and then I got faster, and then I got faster. And, and before you knew it, I, I, I was a straight A math student. I, I was the first one done with my test. People would look around and say, how is he getting this math so easy? Because I began to have confidence in myself and I began to say, I can. I can do it. I can do this. I can figure this out. And I enjoyed it. And I was so happy. And that's just a small example. And there's plenty others. 
of when God has stepped in. Back a couple of years ago, I was in one of the saddest and darkest places of my life. I was constantly telling myself negative things. What I realized is I was defeating myself. You, I, I was putting myself in a state of depression that God never called me to. But I was putting myself there by my words. You know, the Bible says that the the power of life and death is in our tongue. And that's and I can tell you that's true. There are some of us who will speak ourselves quite literally to death. We can be so harsh on ourselves. And my encouragement is that, you know, the Bible says that we have to take captive our thoughts. And think on things that are true, that are honorably, that are loving, that are worthy, that are, uh, um, you know, God-giving thoughts. And I think there's a reason that Paul says that. I think there's a reason that we talk about that. Because the enemy will come in and he will attack us where? In our minds, in our thoughts. Because if he can get us to speak it, I've always had this saying, and I've told some of the students and and the youth that I've worked with over the years in ministry, if the enemy can make your heart feel it, he can make your mind think it, then eventually he'll get your words to speak it, and you'll speak it enough that your heart believes it. See, it starts with a feeling. But where we let that feeling go is up to us. You can feel that, man, I messed up. But don't think or say that you're a mistake. See, the miracle that we need, the miracle that you need is in your mouth. Start speaking to your mountain. Start speaking to that situation. Start speaking to that lie that you've believed for so long. I pray today that God has encouraged and equipped you with a fresh mind and a new perspective that you can go and you can speak to your mouth and by your action of faith, it will move. And that by speaking that healing before you even see it, you will feel it because you spoke it until you believed it. You spoke it into existence. God is the great I am. He is whatever you need him to be. The miracle is in your mouth.